Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,115. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the Ironstone Concours that takes place on Saturday, September 22nd at the spectacular Ironstone Vineyards in Murphy, California. To learn more, visit ironstoneconcours.org. And I'll see you there. Get enjoyment out of it. Love it. Be passionate about it. Don't take it so seriously that it ruins the experience. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Nick Pond. Hey, Nick, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely, I am. All right. I know he is because you're going to know why in just a second. Nick Pond is the associate perpetrator, I love the title, at the 24 Hours of Lemons, and he's been doing that since 2006. The 24 Hours of Lemons is an endurance road racing series where the drivers are limited to $500 or less to build their race cars. Pretty much any four-wheeled machine that is street legal when made is eligible. Nick's past includes being the editor at Corvette Magazine, assistant editor at Excellence Magazine, a publication I've subscribed to for many years, and he's written for Sports Car International, a variety of online outlets, and he's a professional photographer, having shot for numerous automotive events and publications. Nick's also a Vespa enthusiast and writer. I always wanted one of those. The 24 Hours of Lemons was founded by past Cars Yeah guest Jay Lamb. And other past Lemons guests includes Jeff Block, known as Speedy Cop, and Eric Rude. So, Nick, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little more about your career and your passion for Lemons? Well, that pretty much covers all of the highlights. Uh, I would also say that all of that I fell completely rear end backwards into just from loving cars and being around them and making personal connections along the way. And I've been riding the wave basically since graduating from college. One of these days, I'll probably have to grow up and get a real job. But uh, now I'm 38. So um, if that's going to happen, <laughs> maybe it needs to happen soon. No, I think you're doing fine. Fine, you know, and you've you've had a job as writing, and I know you probably still do some writing, and photography is a passion, and you've been doing that professionally as well. But to get to play in the world of lemons, and for those guests who listen to our past guests, Jay Lamb and Speedy Cop and Eric Rude, I mean, they get a little flavor for what the squeeze of the lemon is like for what you guys do. So as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires squealing here on Cars, yeah? So, Nick, take the wheel. I would say one quote or mantra that uh, has served me very well is to not take things too seriously. And uh, (laughs) that certainly plays directly into the 24 Hours of Lemons. You know, the branding of Lemons, I think, reflects my personality and the personality of the rest of the people involved with putting it on. But get enjoyment out of it. Love it. Be passionate about it. Don't take it so seriously that it ruins the experience. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of times that happens with amateur type situations. People go do rallies, tours, even vintage racing like I used to do. And sometimes they get so into it that they forget why they're really there. They're there to have some fun, right? And especially with lemons, I think the whole attitude of lemons is, you know what? We can go out and go fast in cars, but 
we don't have to take it that seriously. We can have a good time. Now, does that work also for your other side of your profession? I mean, when you do writing or photography, do you still find a way to, to, to squeeze the fun into that? Yeah, absolutely. The car magazines that I worked for, they're certainly, particularly with Corvette and Porsche, there are a lot of people who are very detail-oriented and into the serial numbers and all of that. And that's not the way I'm wired. And I don't want to downplay people who are wired that way. But the only caveat I would make to that is to say, if you're into serial numbers, that's great. Do it because you're into it, not because you read in a book somewhere that your car needs to be a certain way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes it can take all the fun out of it. Having just come back not too long ago from Car Week and Pebble Beach and all these car shows that were happening down there, yeah, pretty serious stuff people take. But I was talking to a guy on the lawn at Pebble Beach, and he said, you know what, as far as I'm concerned, I already won because I'm here. Yeah. And it was a great attitude because a lot of the, the people there, they're, oh man, they were so tense and they were just, yeah. and, and yeah. I get it. I mean, if you finally yeah. made it to Pebble Beach, but uh, you do have to kind of remember that uh, this car hobby that we partake in uh, needs to be enjoyable. There's too much other serious stuff in life to get, get a little crazy about. Well, let's go back in time into your life here, Nick, and talk about your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were indeed a car guy? Boy, you know, I don't have a great answer to that. Most people, certainly including all of the Lemons people that I work with, had a family member that was into it or some specific reason why they started. And for me, my folks aren't particularly car people. And they always said that I was just into it from a really young age and uh, nobody can really explain it. So uh, I, I can't really answer that question other than to say that it's been since day one for me. Hey, maybe you were just born with a little petrol in your veins yeah. like I was and, and so many people who've been on the show. Uh, for sure. But that's okay. You've grabbed that passion and you've carried it forward. And it's it's really been in every part of your life, right? I mean, from all the things you've done. Yep. Like I said, from a couple of months after graduating college, Jay Lamb, who I still work with now on Lemons, had a position working as an assistant editor for car magazines, which he was already doing. And so I fell into that months after graduating college and have literally been riding the wave ever since. Very cool. Very cool. Well, let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk a little bit about a challenge or even a failure you face. These are wonderful learning lessons if you take them that way. I would love for you to share one of those in your life and tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you moved forward. I am going to take this one outside of the automotive realm. I transferred college after my freshman year, uh, had a horrible personal experience my first year. And the reason why I decided to attend the first school that I did was all by the numbers. Uh, they've got a good program in this. They've got a good program in this. They score this well. And the thing that I never grasped going into it was, well, how am I going to feel personally living in this place and interacting in this community? And I never spent enough time paying attention to that question, which is the question that isn't outlined in all of the guidebooks. And I later transferred to a place that was much more in line with me personally, as opposed to academically or statistically. And I was much happier as a result. And I think that lesson certainly applies. It certainly applies to me uh, professionally because 
you know, I was a legal studies major in college and on paper, it would be a lot smarter to probably become an attorney. And, you know, my parents <laughs> may be wondering why I haven't done that. But I've been so fortunate to have the opportunities that I've had in the car world and to have the confidence to follow that, even though it isn't a common way to go. Let's say traditional uh, career right. path. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or a promising long-term career path, if you want to take it a step further. <laughs> you know, I've been doing it for, you know, close to 20 years now, and I have very few regrets. You know, let's touch on this a little more, because I think this is an important important topic, especially for younger lis- listeners who are out there. And and what I hope with Cars yeah, is that I get a lot of younger listeners who are trying to figure out how to create careers in this field of automotive that they're so passionate about. And I've gotten involved with McPherson College, which is a wonderful organization where they teach four-year degrees on restoring cars. And, you know, there's a lot of this talk, Mark Mike Rowe shares this a lot, where everyone thinks they should go to college, get a liberal arts degree, get out of school and have this wonderful career. And they get out of school and they have all this debt. And then they go, what am I going to do with this psychology degree or this whatever it might be? What's some advice you might offer someone out there that might be in a similar situation that's looking at this perfect school? Oh, I'm going to go and do that. But they find out that when they get there, this was the wrong choice. What's something that you might have looked into so that you didn't take that step and you didn't, I won't say you wasted that time because it helped guide you to the right place, but so that they get down the path a little faster. The first thing I would say is if you feel like you've made a mistake, you know, don't rush to a decision. But if you know in your heart that something isn't right, don't be afraid of changing stream. I transferred college, but I also transferred high school. And um, (laughs) (laughs) maybe am a study in not getting off on the right foot, but also being willing to make a change when I knew something wasn't working right for me. Right. Yeah, there's an old saying that when you're digging a hole, sometimes it's best to climb out while you still can and go dig somewhere else instead of continuing to dig. And I think my takeaway from this lesson you shared with us, and I appreciate it, really personal lesson, it probably was a challenging lesson for you, is yeah, stop and and start asking some questions of people around you and voicing your concerns. Uh, Maybe your parents aren't always the best ones to go to because Mm -hmm. they might have a path figured out that is nothing like what you want to do. Yeah. Is that the case? Well, I no, my parents have been wonderfully supportive in awesome. all of the on paper terrible decisions that I've made. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I would say, you know, if you're reading a book or getting advice, remind yourself that the voice of that person who is giving the advice applies to them and only you can answer the questions for yourself. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's so many awesome opportunities these days. For career paths. Who'd have thought I'd be a podcaster? Yeah, I mean, right. Gee exactly. whiz. So, uh, yeah. Well, let's shift gears and go down uh, another road here and talk about a time when those headlights come on and kind of illuminate a way for you in a new direction. You kind of alluded to one there. Um, tell us about your aha moment and how it led to your success. Well, I'm going to go forward into my professional automotive career. We were all the founders of Lemons all worked together producing car magazines prior to doing Lemons. When Lemons came along, the first event was, as far as we knew, a one-time thing for us and our buddies to go out on a racetrack and have some fun. We had no concept that it was going to turn into two events, let alone doing what we're doing now. 
there was a period of time where we were doing both magazines and Lemons, and then after a couple years, we realized that Lemons could become a full-time thing, and I personally, I was working at Excellence at the time, and I had the option of continuing working on car magazines or following this total wing and a prayer Lemons series, and uh, I really just followed my gut. I loved the people that I worked with with Lemons. I believed in the product. I thought that there was a, a niche for a car racing series that didn't take itself so seriously. And so I just really kind of went out on a limb and made that decision to move away from car magazines. And, uh, and, and I think you've not looked back. <laughs> yeah, that was now uh, 10 years ago. So yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible. And, and I want to touch on something here because some of the listeners who maybe aren't familiar with Lemons might go, Wait a minute, a bunch of yahoos just take some cheap old cars and go out and race on it. I mean, how dangerous is that? There are some safety requirements for Lemons cars, right? Serious safety requirements because you can die in a car at a racetrack. What are some of those things that you guys put in place to help protect people? So when they come and do this in these $500 cars, because that $500 doesn't include all the safety equipment, right? Yeah, that's correct. The The $500 cap only applies to performance and running aspects of the car. All of the safety stuff, which even extends to things like brakes, wheels and tires, is all exempt from the cap. We want people to spend as much as they feel like they want to spend on that stuff. And we do have certain specific regulations for the safety equipment you need to have. There's a roll cage, there's a Hans device, safety harnesses, um, all of that. We didn't start with all of that equipment, but we realized pretty quickly that even though they're cheap cars, the risk of injury is is still there. Right. So our safety standards are very comparable to any other kind of production car-based racing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's have a little bit more fun here and go back into your history and talk about your first really special car. That first car that you got, you kind of went, yeah, I finally have done that. And maybe share a memory about that vehicle. Well, that is one place where I did get off on the right foot. My first car ever is one that I still own. Wow. It is a 1976 BMW 2002. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, and it was the first car I ever bought with uh, with help from my parents uh, back in 96 when I was 16. I've done, it was my daily driver in high school and college. I've done vintage events with it. I've done a track day with it. It's been a companion now for, I'd have to do the math, but I'm pretty sure more than half of my life. Wow. So so yeah, that that's the obvious answer to that. I would say specifically a special experience is really just linking me with all of these car people that have become really close and special friends to this day and coworkers. All of the Lemons people I know through doing vintage car events uh, in my 2002. So, yeah. Well, and my listeners know that I'm a BMW fan. Now, a lot of them may go, wait a minute, you're a Porsche fan. Yeah, I'm a Porsche guy too, but I've driven as daily cars BMWs for a long time. I've, I think I've had yeah four M3s now. I love them. And that's what got me out on the track when I decided to go vintage racing was I took my E36 M3 to go out. And, Am I comfortable at speed? Is this going to be something I really want to do before I buy a race car and get all this stuff and then go, this isn't for me? Um, yeah. And they're great cars. But I'll tell you, I've been involved with so many car clubs and the BMW club. And I might scratch a few people's faces here a little bit. I think is one of the most rabid clubs there is. I mean, as far as just enthusiasm and involvement, and I know the Porsche Club is great. I'm a member of that, the Ferrari Club, the Lotus Club, Mercedes Club, all those clubs. I'm a member of all those clubs, but the BMW guys tend to be guys that 
take their cars out, they drive them, they use them, they don't care if it's raining or snowing or whatever, they're, they're drivers' cars. Uh, so it's a great group of people. Yeah, I would say, like you said, you can use them as daily drivers, you can use them as track cars. They're sort of, and there's a, now there's a wide range for, you know, you, a 16 year old kid can buy one, and years later you can buy a $100,000 M5. So it really runs the gamut. Absolutely. Is there a car that you've owned that you've let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? The vast majority of the cars that I've owned that I've let go, I don't miss them at all. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, I will say that one car that if I had to pick, I had a 1978 Toyota truck, oh, um, okay. which was a Hilux truck. Uh, it yeah. was just called the pickup here. Uh, <laughs> Five-speed, regular cab, dented on every possible surface, uh, really just a beater. But it had an honesty and a utility to it that I think is something that I appreciate in a car, that yeah. I don't need a car to be exotic I had the truck the same time I was doing Excellence Magazine, and I would get out of a 911 Turbo and into my 95 <laughs> horsepower Toyota, and I really wouldn't miss it. You know, I you know I don't care about the door ding. I don't know if I, I don't need to worry about which parking spot I park in and so forth. So, right. so that's a car I always keep half an eye out for, like an old Japanese truck. Fun. You know, I was down at Pebble Beach during Car Week. Uh, they had a huge display of Japanese cars, first time ever. Um, that, and I, I may have this wrong. It was Toyota. I think it might be Toyota that did it. And I may be wrong about that. And I apologize to the mark, but they had a wonderful collection of vintage cars set up, uh, over by the, um, polo field, the old polo field there. And it was really cool to see for the first time because we're seeing this resurgence of Japanese cars coming back. And a lot of it's because they're affordable right now. Uh, so people that want to get into the collector car market can get something and participate and be a part of the group. And something is cool. And I remember as a kid, a neighbor buying the first 240Z in our street and she let me drive it. I was only 15. So I don't tell my mom, but, uh, I was like, man, this thing's cool. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's good to see him back. I also think, too, people my age and younger, a lot of them grew up on Japanese cars. They got a hand-me-down Honda Civic or, or whatever. That was their first car, whereas, you know, previous generations might have been an MG or things, you know, Mustang or whatever. So I think there are a lot of people that grew up with Japanese cars being the thing. And uh, yeah. to be able to get into it on a collector or enthusiast level is is a cool expansion to that. Oh, it is. In fact, I was uh, I just flew into town today back into town today and i was driving uh, from SeaTac airport and sitting in a light and sitting there in the corner was one of the first generation toyota supras yeah uh, with the louvered windows on the uh -huh. back hatch and yeah. the back taillights that looked like the mustang taillights and yeah i just went wow there's a survivor because most yeah. of those cars rusted away to oblivion yeah. so yeah 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 well and people use them as everyday appliances and they right. just got used up yeah absolutely well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What has you guys really excited right now about 24 Hour of Lemons? What are some of the things that people can look forward to, to uh, learning about this more and hopefully participating, getting out on the track? We are going strong despite our expectations. <laughs> uh, everything is good in Lemons land. Um, we continue to try to focus on what is one of our core beliefs, which is we want to make the bar as low as safely possible. Now, wait a minute. The bar as low as safe. I love yeah. the way you say that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, safety is our number one. We really, really don't want anyone to get hurt doing right. this. Uh, and and so, so that's the number one thing. But beyond that, in terms of the kind of standards and 
you know, almost to a extent machismo that is required in other forms of racing. We really want to eliminate all that. We, we want to eliminate the idea that, hey, if you turn a slow lap time, you're an idiot. We realize people <laughs> yeah. are coming from different backgrounds, different skill levels, and we want everybody to feel welcome and feel like they have the ability to have a good time at a lemons race, regardless of where they're placing in the standings. So we're looking forward to continuing that as we go forward with the racing. We also have our Concord Lemons car show, which has become somewhat of a fixture in Monterey. We've been yep. doing that for a oh, few yeah. years. I stopped by and walked the aisles on my way to, uh, where was I? I was heading out to Laguna Seca to watch the races and was coming from another event. I went, ah, there's the 20, the, the lemons concord. I gotta go try. I yeah. gotta go check this out. Yeah. So the, the Monterey one is our flagship, but then there are a couple others uh, that happen throughout the year in other parts of the country. And we're also doing a lemons rally, which is uh, just road events uh, with checkpoints along the way, but otherwise the same ethos of, Hey, run what you brung. The point system is designed so that the crappier and more interesting your car, the more uh, <laughs> you score. And, uh, you know, there's an award ceremony at the end, but if you come in last, we don't care either. So yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're just looking to try to expand the brand. That sounds so serious, but sure. expand the Lemons idea of really getting back to the fun roots of everything you can do with a car. We're trying to expand that into as many areas as we can think of. So let's say expand the opportunities for everyone to participate in the car hobby, even if they weren't the guy that uh, perhaps bid on that $48 million DTO that sold <laughs> exactly. at uh, yeah, exactly. the Pebble Beach. So uh, right. yeah, at any level, you can participate in car events and have fun. And Lemons is, is exactly one of those. And I'll tell you, having been around these guys now, uh, Jay and you, Nick, and uh, all the other guys, Eric and uh, speedy cop, of course. I mean, you guys are definitely having fun. There's always a smile on your face. So I think it's fantastic. Well, here's a very introspective question for Nick. If you were a vehicle, if you were manifested into a vehicle, what would you be and why? Wow. You know, that's really a tough question. You know, because that BMW 2002 has been around for so long, it's kind of hard to separate my own personality from that. Although yeah. I do think I'd like to think of myself as a reliable person like a Japanese car. And I'd like to think of myself as an interesting person, like maybe an Italian exotic, but not to either extreme to where I'm boring or unreliable. So maybe a German car fits right in the middle of that, where there's some interest, but it'll keep you honest as far as uh, the occasional mechanical issue. There you go. There you go. Well, Nick, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal and watch the smoke pour out of the back of our lemon, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark, a Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. 
What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. All right, Nick, we are back and we're entering the last lap. This is something you've seen before. The white flag is out. Time to put our foot into it and cross our fingers and hope the car gets to the finish line. I want, I'm going to ask you some questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. Well, what's the best automotive advice or racing advice you've ever received? I have to attribute this one to Jackie Jure, former editor of Bimmer magazine. She once told me it's not life or death, it's car magazines, which has resonated. <laughs> and I have definitely updated that to say it's not life or death, it's car racing. Absolutely. And Jackie's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, awesome lady. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Just to go with the flow and to make good personal connections because you never know where they might lead. Absolutely. Network, 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 and never burn a bridge. Now, do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy going to? Well, one that we use a lot in Lemons is uh, Row 51, which is a pick-and-pull database. You can put in a make and model of car, and it'll tell you which pick-and-pulls that car is located at, which is uh, very handy for both our Project Street cars and your Lemons race car. Absolutely. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't think anybody's mentioned that site. Since I've been doing this show, and my gosh, we're way up into the 1100s uh, guests here, so I'm really glad that you uh, noted that. Now, if I can arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? I would say, there are so many to choose from, yeah. I would say Brock Yates, uh, oh, the, yeah. the inventor of the original Cannonball Rally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he there's was a character. <laughs> yeah, he was an automotive journalist himself, and he created an event that nobody had thought of before, and it didn't fit into any of the existing conventions. I think there are some parallels between that and the Lemons, yeah. and I would love to hear how he came up with the idea. You know, I think Brock Yates would have a big smile on his face if we, he was here with us today uh, when it comes to lemons, because I think it's right up his alley. I did have his son, Brock Yates Jr., on the show. So for you listeners that might have missed that show, go back and listen to it. You'll find it on the Cars yeah website. He uh, spoke uh, of all the history of his dad and the things that his dad was involved in. But yeah, oh man, that guy was a wild man. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you think our listeners would enjoy reading? Well, I'm going to go outside of the automotive realm again. Bill Bryson, who is a popular uh, author, I think the way his approach to travel is a lot like our approach to racing, which is probably not going to win at this, but that doesn't mean you can't have fun and gain some experience uh, along the way. So he's got a book called A Walk in the Woods 
which is about his attempt to do the Appalachian Trail. It doesn't go particularly well, but uh, his <laughs> yeah. experiences along the way are more valuable than any kind of records or accomplishments he might have set by actually completing it in any kind yeah. of successful way. Yeah, it's it's a great book and it's a great point to the the focus that it is the journey, not the destination that counts really. And I know it's cliche, stop and smell the flowers, all the things that we hear, but it really is. I just finished on my flight home here today reading the latest Haggerty magazine and they had a whole bunch of stories of people about road trips and the importance of road trips and how it's really coming back in the United States now that people are taking road trips with their family and doing it in vintage cars, which adds a yeah. whole other element of craziness uh, yeah. and potential fraught with uh, damages and dangers and, and uh, breakdowns mostly and all that thing. But we all have cell phones these days, so we can bail ourselves out. Very nicely done. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Nick has shared on his very own Cars Yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Nick Pawn, P-O-N, and that page will pop right up. All right, Nick, we're up to the checkered flag. And this next question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. Money is no object, but there are a few rules to this. One is, it's the only collector car you can have. That means you got to get rid of your O2. The other one is, you can't sell it to buy the O2 back and a whole bunch of other cars if you pick that GTO as the car I'm going to give you. And the third one is you have to drive it and enjoy it. No garage queens allowed here on cars, yeah. So what's it going to be? Well, since you mentioned the GTO, that was actually already on my short list. Okay. However, when the one that they auctioned had the updated bodywork, and yeah. I like the original 1962 bodywork. So yeah. if I were to do a GTO, that would be the one. Other than that, I would say probably more generally speaking, I would want a car that was tailored to my own taste, that okay. I wouldn't go for any specific – any and all engine swaps or body modifications would be on the table. I don't have any interest in following any of the rules or serial numbers or any of that. Uh, my 2002, which I know I can't have anymore, has an engine swap. So whatever I wound up with, it would have to really reflect – everything that made me happy and not something that was necessarily correct or valuable by the book. You know, there's some, or have been some great guests here on Cars Yeah who build cars. And one thing that comes to mind when you, you explain this is the R Group, which is a bunch of guys out of California. And now they've kind of spread across the country, of course, that uh, kind of hot rod Porsches, Rod Emery, of course, uh, you know, building 356 hot rods. Of course, the singer, Rob Dickinson's wonderful car, or Peter Nam's incredible Porsches. Uh, which I saw some of his new 993 carbon stuff. Oh, my gosh, when I was at the Quail. Um, well, let's narrow this down a little bit, because I appreciate you not breaking my bank okay. again, like so many okay. other people with the Ferrari GTO. But, yeah, that'd be nice. Let's narrow this down to a mark, if you can, and, and a specific kind of car. So are we going to stay in the German realm? It sounds like we are. Let's stay with BMW, just because uh, I've – with my experience with Bimmer Magazine and and my own ownership of BMW, I, I generally like the the vibe there. Okay, I would go since I can't have a 2002. I would probably stick with a vintage car just okay. for the events available. Let's do a BMW Bavaria with a Chevy LS3 V8. How about that? <laughs> I think that'd be pretty fun. That would be a, a kick rear end, I should say car that I think would be pretty darn cool. And I think we could have some fun building something very, very special for you. So uh, 
Okay, I'll call some of the great fabricators I know who've been guests here on the show and get something going. For Sounds you. good. I'll yeah. be waiting for it. So, okay, very nice. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and the 24 Hours of Lemons? Well, we are at 24hoursoflemons.com and we are on Facebook and Instagram, 24 Hours of Lemons. You can see lots of great, creative, incredible things that people have built for our series that as organizers, we never would have imagined. It's an incredible creative outlet for people and we never get tired of the things that people come up with. So if you want to see some photos, Facebook and Instagram are great. If you want to look into participating, go to the main website, 24hoursoflemons.com. And there's some incredible videos on YouTube, too, of some of these cars that like speedy cops cars, which are just crazy upside down cars and helicopter cars and sideways VW buses, cars, and I mean, all sorts of stuff. Well, Nick, you've taken me on a good ride today, a great ride today. I knew you would. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer our listeners a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset? And at BMW Bavaria. Well, I've said it before. Don't take yourself too seriously. Absolutely. And listeners, again, you can find everything Nick has shared on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type in Nick or Nick Pond into the search bar and that page will pop up. Check out the 24 Hours of Lemons. What a great group of people. I mean, it's so much fun to talk to all you guys. Nick, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I will see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified. And he's a car guy, too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPIC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!